I want to talk about leadership today. Leadership in your home. Yes, we focus on leadership in corporate America, leadership in government, leadership in civic, social circles. But in this, in this shutdown global mode that we're in, what does leadership look like in your home? Particularly as men, as a father, as a husband, as an uncle, right? As a brother. What does leadership really look like in this defining time? We often talk about being the pastor or the prophet, the priest, the protector, and the provider of the home. Our question is, what does leadership look like in a season such as this? And there are a lot of great examples in the Bible we could look at when it comes to leadership. But I was praying earlier this week. In fact, I was reading in the New Testament, the book of Luke, and it referenced back to Moses and how Moses had an experience in the burning bush. And I went back to Exodus chapter 3. And I said, oh, my God, look how God wants to use a man who was educated in the palace and in the courts of Egypt, but he was trained on the backside of nowhere in the desert. You know, God takes a man by the name of Moses who has a stuttering, who had a speech impediment issue, but raises him up to be a leader in one of Israel's greatest, most challenging seasons of his history. And so for the next few moments, I want to talk about Moses, leadership, in fact, leading through difficult days, leading through difficult days of, of, of pain, of peril, and of problems, right? Uh, let's face it, we're looking at a season and a half of pain, perils, and problems, problems like unemployment, problems like financial stress and financial dilemma. Pain, think about the tens of thousands of people who've lost loved ones in the last seven, maybe ten days. Think about the perils of not knowing what tomorrow looks like. These are absolutely unprecedented times. Times of uncharted waters that we will have to lead through. And so I want this message to be really practical. If you are a middle school, high school, college student, you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're semi-retired. Maybe you lead in the corporate world, the government world, the media world. Maybe you lead in ministry. How do we sharpen the tools? How do we sharpen the sword here and navigate through unprecedented times such as these? I do want to take a moment to thank those gentlemen, Brother Crawford, who's with the running sound today. Thank you so very much, man. Brother David Dye, who's running the multimedia and the streaming today so that you can see this broadcast. Thank these men and their families for releasing them to serve today, that many of you all can see this broadcast in its entirety, and God bless them. Listen, let's go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. And by the way, I have some very, very sharp and very uh, updated announcements that I think the entire church and the body of Christ should know. We want to be a blessing to our church members. We want to be a blessing to those in this Huntersville area. In fact, we're making it our aim and our goal to be a blessing to those right here in Charlotte and beyond as best as we have the ability to do so. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we are in the word of God, Exodus chapter 3, we do enter your gates with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise. Even though it is in our home, we yet have an attitude of gratitude. And we appreciate getting up this morning. You awaking us in the Holy Ghost with a mind to hear the word and a mind to join the saints. With a mind to see men and women saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you bless these next few precious moments? May the word of God penetrate and pierce through every technical uh, challenge today. And may it minister to the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. And Father, I thank you for the leadership with 
end. There's a leader. I know, God, you know that there's a leader within every man and woman. And today, may this broadcast and may this streaming service bring out the very best during these challenging times. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus chapter 3, would you listen to the, the word of the Lord, verse 1 through verse 7. Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And an angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Once again, and an angel appeared to Moses, and it was in a flame of a fire of a bush. And so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not being consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush doesn't burn. Keep that in mind. I will see this great sight. What's so great about this sight? Not that the bush was on fire. It was nothing abnormal for a bush to be on fire in the desert. But the fact that the bush was not being consumed or burning out. Let's keep reading. And so the Bible says, <clears throat> he called. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside and looked, God called to Moses from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses says, here I am. And then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. Mm -hmm. who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Listen closely. For I have seen or I have known their sorrows. One version says, I have known their pain. How to lead in difficult days. How to lead in days of problems, perils, and pain. The word of the Lord says in verse 7, I have seen, I have known their pain. I want you to know today that God knows the problems that we're experiencing. God knows the pain right now that many of us are dealing with. God knows the peril, uncharted, uncertain times that 2020, March 28th to be particular, brings upon a people. I don't know about you unless you've been an usher with the head in the sand. These past two, three weeks have been phenomenal days at best. Difficult days of problems, perils, and pains. Look at our world on this Sunday morning. We're looking at tens of thousands, tens of thousands of deaths. Men, women who this time 30 days ago wouldn't have thought they'd be literally in an ICU unit. Wouldn't have thought that they'd be literally, literally laying between death and life. Look at what we're seeing happening all over the world. The entire world is on a global shutdown. And it's amazing. It's amazing. That here we are in real time seeing and experiencing something that we never would have thought we'd experience in this time. Yet, we still are in a community that is divided. We still have to grapple with the, the issues of our, of our day and time, such as poverty and injustices and, 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 and racism and profiling and the like. How do we deal with an already level playing ground of challenges? And now you have to deal with a disease called COVID-19. I believe, friends, we need leaders. The church needs leaders. The community needs leaders. Your job, your business, to those business owners who have to look in the eyes and employees and say, I can't afford to keep your own staff in this season. That takes leadership. It takes courage. It takes strength. 
for the husband who has to look at the wife and the kids and says, you know, I work on tips or I work on bonuses, I work on commission. And we're not quite sure what these next few weeks look like. That takes leadership. And so with that being said, let me just remind you of Romans 8 and 18. The Bible says, I consider that the present sufferings, the pain, the challenges of this present time, they are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. You know, someone said, I just read recently that challenging times call for creative solutions. Challenging times call for creative solutions. And with that being said, I gathered a few men and women in this church, sharp men and women, highly intelligent men and women, men and women as the Bible says, the sons of Issachar, who knew the times and the seasons of Israel of what the church should do. And so we gathered together and we came up with what's called a city church COVID-19 task force team. We've created a task force team that can make sure we are ministering to the needs of our church, of our community, and those that are online. In fact, we have three objectives. And I want you to know today that if you are a member of this church, we are here to care. We're here to serve. If you are part of this Huntersville Charlotte community, we are at your service. How can we help? What can we do? How do we pray? How can we run errands? It's particularly for those that are most vulnerable among us, those that are elderly, those that are dealing with preconditioned illnesses or sicknesses, those that are dealing with already issues in their home. How can the church help? And so I want to thank this task force team. I know they're online. They're watching today. We have three objectives in this season. Number one, we want to enhance pastoral care and membership services. I've always preached that the church should be high tech, but also high touch. And if this is, if this is not a microcosm of that statement, we're high tech with streaming and high tech with Facebook Live and high tech with internet and the like. But at the same time, let's not lose the value of being high touch. Let's not lose the value of being high touch. I believe that everyone that Jesus ministered to in the New Testament, he gave them a look, he gave them a talk, but he also gave them a touch. And I want this church to be able to touch every member. In fact, one of our goals, one of our goals is that every member of this church, at least once a week, is being followed up and cared for by a leader in this ministry. Not once a month, not once throughout this season, but our aim and our objective with this task force team is that every member of the church receive a phone call, at best, a phone call. We love tweets, we love texts, we love emails, but I want every church mother, every man, every woman, every family to at least receive a once-a-week phone call from someone on the membership services team who can minister and find out how you're doing and do you have any needs? Are there any errands that some of the younger people can run for some of the older people? Number two, our objective is to enrich online worship services. Again, I thank God for the team that's here today helping me that you all would have an opportunity to hear the word and receive the word today. We want to make sure that, you know, we separate ourselves from the others. We want to make sure we stay on the bleeding edge the cutting edge of technology with our streaming services. And with that being said, I want to honor and thank God for my wife, Pastor Sharon, also Pastor Tim and Tony Body. These are our online pastors today. While you're hearing the word, while we're ministering to you, you can always go to the chat room, chat box. You can always tweet. You can text. You can share. Someone is on our website to minister to your needs. And matter of fact, I want to know, how can the city church be a blessing to you? If you live in this Charlotte area, somewhere in a, re a remote drive-by area, how can we serve you? Can we do anything to help lift the burden? Yes, we're praying, but we want to put some hands and feet to our prayers and see how we might be able to serve you home. And
family. <clears throat> Number three, we want to increase membership, interaction, and involvement. What does that mean? Um, we don't know if this shutdown and global shelter zone is for a few weeks, could be for a few months. We're really not sure. But however long it stays, this is no time to take it easy, no time to play it safe, no time just to ride this out. I want to help you minister to your own family in your own home. In fact, this Thursday night, we're bringing back an oldie but goodie. We're going back to Thursday night pastoral teachings and Bible studies. However, in this season, it will be online. In fact, this coming Thursday night, I want to talk to you about how to have church in your home, how to lead a small group in your home, how to have a Bible study, how to have a prayer meeting in your home. I know there are many people who say, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a reverend, I'm not a preacher, I'm not an evangelist, nor am I a missionary. You know, but you are a child of God. And the Bible speaks about the priesthood of all believers. The priesthood, not just of clergy believers, not just of licensed believers, but it's the priesthood, the work of the priest, the work of the preacher uh, for all believers. And it is high time for the high, very faithful few to do all the work of ministry. God has anointed you. God has equipped you. God has empowered you to lead your wife and children in Bible study, to lead those that are loved ones close by into a time of prayer and praise report and devotion. And so this coming Thursday night, join me right here, live, online, and we're going to talk to you. We're going to have some interaction with some, some platforms and some screens and some shared ideas, and I want to make sure you receive an outline and you receive the word of God and you receive some really practical instructions of how to provoke the presence of Christ in your home, how to invoke the presence of the Lord in your setting and in your surrounding. Let me say this finally before we go back to Exodus. This is harvest time. There has been no greater opportunity for your loved ones to hear the gospel than right now. Everyone who said, I ain't ever going back to church, that's fine. Guess what? Now, God saw fit that the church will come to you. So all you have to do as the priest of all believers is cut that volume up. Bring everyone into the room testify and have a praise report of what God is doing through the broadcast and the streaming services, not just on Sunday, but also on Thursday night. May I remind you of Romans 8:28. The Bible says, and we know all things work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. This is an awesome season for the many of men and women, boys and girls, you've been praying for to get saved and make Jesus Christ their home. Uh, make Jesus Christ hit their Lord and their Savior. For you, my friends, this is an opportune time to reset, to rethink, and to re-engineer. The Bible speaks of woody inventions. And your home, and this is no time to do a Netflix binge. This is no time to play a, a solitaire or a game of thrones or whatever those apps and apparatuses are. Now's the time to read to study. Now's the time to research. There's millions of dollars yet in the, in, in the vision realm that should be coming your way. So you got to make up your mind. Life is choice driven. You live and die by the choices that you make. What choices will you make in this season to hear from heaven? What choices will you make in this season to be inquisitive or introspective or innovative, maybe creative? Something good is going to happen out of this season. But it's all up to how you face and focus and come out of this. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. The book of Exodus chapter 3. In fact, the word Exodus means to come out. To come out. The word Exodus simply means a going out. 
It's the second book of the Old Testament that Moses writes. It means and it really focuses on the coming out and the journey of two million Israelites who are in Egypt. They're going through the wilderness, but they're coming into the promised land. Kind of sounds like 2020 for many of us. We've been in our Egypt of times past, a place where we had not enough. We go through the wilderness experiences of life, a season or so where it seems like we have barely enough. But we know that God makes a promise that if we hang in there and stay the course, he'll bring us into the promised land or Canaan land. And that will be a place where there's more than enough. If there's ever been a time for needed leadership, now's the time. Two million Israelites, great. A whole bunch of men and women and, and, and soldiers, great. But we need a leader. We need a leader like Moses who can get over his past, who can hear from heaven and can lead God's people. And I want to talk about leadership today. Everyone can become an effective leader. No matter who you are, where you're from, no matter your past, no matter your pedigree, no matter your educational level, no matter what zip code you live in, no matter your bank account, everyone can become an effective and a successful leader. Again, no matter your failures, no matter your past, no matter your current limitations, you, my friend, can be a leader and a successful leader at that. In your home, in your family, with your children, in your community, yes, even, even the church, you can become a leader. I want to give you a definition of leader, and you'll see this on your notes, by the way. Leadership, and we don't have to really over-exacerbate this definition. No need to really try to get ultra-orthodox with this uh, definition. Leadership is simply the capacity to lead. Let me say that again. Leadership is simply the capacity or the ability to lead. In fact, leadership can be defined as influence. Influence. How many times have we had people push us, sometimes pull us to doing things that we thought we could never do? Leadership is influence. It is the ability to get others to a place, right, that they thought they'd never go. It's a Christ-like lifestyle of inspiration, of impartation, and influences. You all know Steve uh, Jobs, don't you? He's the, uh, one of the original founders of Apple, the iPhone you're probably looking at today, the laptop from MacBook that you probably have, the iTunes that you listen to. Well, he said this some 40-some ideas ago. He said that management is about persuading people to do things that they do not want to do. While leadership is about inspiring people to do things that they thought they could never do. Leadership is inspiring people to do things that they thought that they themselves could have never done. In fact, I pray today that my leadership is influencing your leadership. Because I want you to be able to go somewhere you've never gone. I want you to dream and do something that you thought you could have never done. And I just believe by the grace of God, by the mercies of the Lord, you, my friend, can be a leader. I go back to Moses for a reason. There are a lot of people in the Old Testament. In fact, we may look at David next week. We could look at Nehemiah. We could look at so many great Old Testament and New Testament examples of leadership. But Pastor Stevens, why Moses and why now? Israel is in one of its greatest challenges as it is trying to transition out of Egypt, through the wilderness into Canaan land. In fact, when we read in Exodus, the Bible says God sees and he knows of their persecution, of their oppression, of their pain. Don't you think for a moment that God is not noticing what we're going through? Don't you think for a moment that God's eye is not on the sparrow? Don't you think for a moment that God does not care about you and about your family? 
The Bible says that he cares, and not only does he care for you, but he cares about the things you care about. That's the God that we serve. And so Moses, what do we know about Moses? Moses, obviously, he is the author of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Moses is accredited to have written those first five books. Moses gives us from the Lord the Ten Commandments. He's a prophet. Moses is a lawgiver. Moses was trained in the backside of nowhere, but he got a very fine education from the palace and the regal courts of Egypt. Moses is sent up the river because of the threat of death with young babies. If anybody had background limitations, if anybody had challenges to overcome, it would have been Moses. Moses had a speech impediment. Moses, he, he, he stuttered. Many of us grew up knowing young men and women who stuttered, and it wasn't a popular thing. In fact, they were embarrassed and shamed, and truth be told, many of us made fun of them. Can you imagine Moses getting a commandment from the Lord, but yet he has a speech impediment, often has to call Aaron to help him minister to the crowds and to the people. You know, Moses wasn't the perfect man. Moses dealt with disobedience. You remember at Mount Nebo, right before the children of Israel are now able to go into the promised land, Moses strikes a rock in his anger or in his disobedience. And his judgment was, God said, you'll be able to see the promised land, but you won't be able to enter the promised land. And I don't know if there's any more worse place in the world to be than to be a man or a woman of God and see the promises and see thou all that God wants to do and has done, but you yourselves can't enter in. It wasn't all. Moses had an anger management problem. In fact, Exodus chapter 2, verse 12, Bible says, so he looked this way and he looked that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and he hid them in the sand. Moses had an anger management problem to where he could not keep his control. And consequently, he killed, that's right, yeah, I know, read the Bible when you read the Bible. He murders an Ethiopian, excuse me, an Egyptian, and he hides his sin. Now work with me on this, and I just want you to think with me. The same Moses, who's the lawgiver, the same Moses that shows up in the New Testament at the Mount of Transfiguration, the same Moses that we, we, we have heroically made one of the greatest of the Old Testament had murder on his rap sheet. If God can use an ex-murderer to lead Israel, don't you think he can use you? If God can use a man, not only did he murder somebody, but he hid the crime. You know, they say it's not always the crime, it's the, the things you do after the crime to hide the crime. If God could have forgave Moses, can't he forgive me? forgive you? Don't you think for a moment that, that, that part of walking by faith is to get past the sins, the iniquities and the transgressions, the shame, the rejection of your past and move on? That's the Moses that we don't often talk about. That is the Moses we don't often talk about. But he finds a way to lead in difficult days. Let me talk to you today about leading in difficult days. In fact, I want to give you three principles, three points.
about how you can lead in your home right now. How you can lead your family right now. How you can gather your loved ones, the close ones around you in your community and lead. That's right, lead right now. In fact, I want to talk to you about how to have a conviction to hear from heaven. Number two, how to have courage to simply go and take the lead. Number three, how to make a commitment to walk by faith. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 3. Something very interesting in the scriptures. Exodus chapter 3. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that Moses is on the Mount Horeb. Horeb. And on Mount Horeb, an angel appears to Moses. Watch this. Um, something happens here. We see a burning bush. Now, again, for those who just joined us, it wasn't the fact that the bush was burning that got Moses' attention. Remember now, they're in the wilderness. They're in the desert. It would have not been a phenomenon for a bush to have been burning. The phenomenon was it wasn't burning out. It wasn't crumbling and becoming crisp, and it wasn't being consumed. And so Moses says, I will now set aside and take a good look at why this bush isn't being burnt out. Maybe it is during this burning bush experience, it wasn't so much of what Moses saw as what Moses heard. There's something that God spoke to Moses during that experience. And friends, there's something that God wants to speak to you during this experience. Let's go back to the scriptures. The Bible says that he turned aside to see. And when he had done this, not only does Moses see, now Moses hear. Number one, listen, if you're going to take the lead in, in difficult days such as this, you got to have a word from heaven. You have to hear from heaven. What do you mean by that? God speaks to Moses in the burning bush. I thought about Isaiah chapter 30. The Bible says in Isaiah 30, verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, your ears will hear from heaven. Moses heard something happen in that burning bush. Not only did he see, but he heard. What are you getting at? Um, I wonder what God spoke to Moses while he was looking at the burning bush. Maybe, just maybe, he said, Moses, get on from your past sins. Get on from the past rookie mistakes you made in life. Get on beyond the failures and the frailties and the fears and take the lead. What do you mean? Uh, notice uh, Exodus 2, 23. Listen closely. The Bible says now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry became before God because of the bondage. Uh, I heard the Lord say this past week as I was preparing for this scripture. He says, Son, remind the people that the king of Egypt has died. Okay, the very king, right, who wanted to kill Moses and wipe out all of the babies, he is no longer. I hear the Lord saying even today, there are those who meant for your destruction. There are those, and by the way, Moses had courage because his mama and daddy had courage, and I'll go to that in Hebrews in a moment, but because they were not scared of the king, right, they were willing to walk by faith and fulfill the will of God. The very king of Egypt that wanted to kill all of the babies, he's no longer and I'm here to remind some of you today, there may have been men in high places who wanted to destroy you. There may have been women in high places, could have been on your job, could have been in your community, could have been a hierarchy in your family, could have been in your jurisdiction, could have been anywhere. But they're no longer. God says time is up, time to get over the past and go on with your life. Not only that, look at Exodus chapter 4 verse 19. Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go return to Egypt for the men who sought your life are dead. 
want to pause just for a moment right there. Think about that statement for one moment. For the men who start your life are no longer. I want to release some of you right now to go back and get your dreams. Go back and during this COVID season of shutdown mode, stay at home mode, get into that file cabinet, get back on the laptop and, and re-put up the archives of dreams and visions and pull back up the archives of aspirations and something that you always wanted to have become. But there were too many haters, too many devils, too many opposition. There were people in your life who told you you'd never amount to anything. You'll never do anything. Bible says, Moses, the men who start your life, they're now dead. They're no longer. And I just want to release you all to know today that there were those in your past who sought to destroy your reputation. They sought to destroy your dreams. They sought and sought to destroy you, your marriage, and your children. But I'm here to tell you today, they're gone. They're no longer. They had their season. They had their moment. But now it's time for you to go back and take the lead. Maybe also Moses, uh, Exodus 3 and 8. So I have come down to deliver you out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up from the land of good and uh, uh, to a land of flowing with milk and honey, to a place the Canaanites of the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. What are you saying? Maybe now God says, Moses, after you can get over your past, after you can get over your yesterday's fears and losses and, and challenges and sins and iniquities and transgressions, now you can go and get the people and go do what God's called you to do. Moses had an issue. He said, hey, I do believe, God, that you heal and deliver and set free. I know that. You know that. But I got about two million Israelites who may not know that. I got a Pharaoh who may not know that. I got the king of the Egyptians who may not know that. So what do I do? God says in chapter 3, verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, tell them that I am Jehovah. The J is silent in Hebrew. Jehovah sent you. Here we go, and I'm almost finished. I'd like to decree and declare to every one of you today that God has your back. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As Moses is looking at this burning bush, as Moses is wandering and trying to figure out why the bush is not being consumed, he's seeing, but yet he hears. And he hears the Lord say, Moses, go on with your life, son. Go forward and take the lead. Forget the past. Those who were trying to destroy you, they have come and they have evaporated. Now, I am with you, Moses. And if they wonder what's your credentials, if they wonder what's your calling card, you tell them that I am. Well, who is I am? I am whoever you need me to be. I am your Jehovah Jireh when you have need in your home. I am your Jehovah Rapha when you're sick in your body. I am Jehovah Tisiskanu when you need to be righteous. I'm Jehovah M. Kadesh when you need sanctification. I am Jehovah Shalom when it seems like all hell is broken loose and you need peace like never before. I am Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is present, the Lord that is near. Call me El Elyon, possessor of heaven and earth. I am the God that you need me to be. And right now we need people who serve the Lord. And you're saying, God, I need you right now to be in my home. God says, I'll be there. I need you to be on my job when there's uncertainty. I'll be right there. I need you to help me lead this Bible study when it looks like I'm so unqualified and so ill-equipped. I am that God who can help you. Moses has to hear from heaven. Friends, you have to hear from heaven as well. Number two, Moses takes the lead. He simply has courage to take the lead. I thought about Hebrews eleven twenty four. 24. 
Though we don't know who wrote Hebrews, and your Bible says the unknown author, here's what Hebrews in the New Testament says about Moses. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to that reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not knowing or, excuse me, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I'm almost finished, but hear this closely. Moses had courage to lead. In the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews says this about Moses. Number one, he made an identity decision. He chose to be identified with the people of Israel and all of their sufferings than to be named the son of Pharaoh who had luxury, legal, regal royalty in the palace. He made a decision. I'd rather choose or I'd rather refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and I would choose to suffer with the people of Israel, the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasure of passing sin. Friends, leadership is about you making a decision of who you're going to be. We live in a copycat world. Everybody want to be like somebody else. But we're looking for the original person that God has called you to be. Not only that, Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing that I do. I'm forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching for those things that are before me. I press towards the mark, the goal, the prize of the high call of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You got to be able to forget the past and to reach and have courage to move forward. So number one, Moses, he hears from heaven. Number two, Moses has courage to take the lead. Third and finally, Moses has a commitment to walk by faith. He has a commitment to walk by faith. Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17? For the just shall walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. Friends, in this COVID-19 era, and all of the fears and frailties and fractions and fragments of this world society, you, my friend, must overcome your fears by walking by faith. And faith is having a strong conviction. You got to have a, what the old saints would say, I know that I know that I know that I know determination that we're going to be all right in all of this. Romans 4, 20. And yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. But he was strengthened in his faith. And that's my objective today is to strengthen you in your faith that you can be a leader. That you can take the lead in your home, your family, your community. He was strengthened in his faith, gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do everything that he had promised. Friends, when you walk by faith, number one, you give God the glory. Number two, you have to be fully convinced, fully persuaded that God has the power to perform everything that he had promised. Finally, Hebrews 4 and 2. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with the faith that they had heard it. What are you saying, Pastor Stevens? I've taken the last 30 minutes or so and I've preached this gospel. And for some people, it will do them no good. Why? Because they're going to turn off the internet, 
cut off the laptop, cut off the TV, and they won't take time to process, to, to synthesize what they've heard and what they believe. The author says in Hebrews 4, they heard the word and we heard the word, but they did not mix the word with faith and it did not profit them. I want you today to know that God can use you as a leader. You have to make a decision to hear from heaven. You have to make a commitment to take the lead. And you have to learn the value, particularly in this season, of walking by faith. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about where this faith comes from and where our faith ultimately lies in. I want to talk to you about why it is so important to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. As much as we respect Moses, as much as we reference today a little bit of Abraham, maybe of David and the like, the author and the finisher of our faith is Jesus the Christ. And for those that are listening on and maybe you kind of act like you're trying to play it cool, like you ain't listening, you in the other room ironing, you in the other room eating cereal, but you're kind of listening, my friends, I love you and Jesus loves you. No shame, nothing to hide, but you have to know that he is the perfecter and the pioneer of your faith. At the end of the day, our faith is not in Moses, the lawgiver. Our faith is not in Abraham, father of faith. Our faith has to rely in Jesus, the Christ. You have to realize that the Bible says that if any man, any man, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become brand new. And I want to talk to you this morning, and this will be the vein that our church will be in for the next few weeks. Thank God for sermonettes and thank God for sermons. But the goal is to really preach the gospel to a dying world, to a fearful world. The goal is to preach the gospel and teach the word to men and women who maybe, just maybe, has not really heard the word articulated to them as simply as this. The Bible says, if I believe in my heart, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, and believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, right, that I can be saved. And maybe some people say, well, what am I being saved from? Number one, you're being saved from sin. We were born in the sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If God was to mark iniquity, the Bible says, who could stand? So he saves us from sin. Number two, he saves us from sickness. Not just COVID-19 and this disease, but mental sickness, emotional sickness, physical sickness. He is a healer, and he wants to save you. He saves you from Satan's plans. Satan... The devil has a plan to destroy your life. And I want you to hear me closely. John 10 and 10 says that the thief, that is the devil, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. People want to know, what well, did God create this disease to kill everybody? No, God didn't create COVID-19. God is a God of life. God is a God of love. God is a God of joy. The devil and his darkness creates disease. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy but God said, I have come, Jesus, that you would have life and that you would have life more abundantly. So here's the quick plan. And turn the volume up. Turn it up real loud. I want everyone to hear this. Listen closely. If you believe that Jesus is king of all kings, past, present, future, Lord Adonai of all lords, little or big, if you believe that he is savior, Christos, he's the Messiah, right? The Bible says that if you can believe that and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4 gives us the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And that is that he lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. Those are the four 
fundamental facts of the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And if you can believe that gospel, you are a wonderful candidate today to become God's child. I'd like to pray with you on this morning. I'd like to pray for you and pray for those who will watch this broadcast. In fact, we'll be replaying this broadcast on Monday. We're going to call it Monday Rewind, Monday Replay. For those who miss Sunday, you can watch it again on Monday. And maybe just tonight, maybe tonight on Monday, you're just kind of thumbing through different channels and surfing through the web and you came across this message. Friends, the greatest decision you'll ever make is not who you marry. It's not what house you build. It's not what city you live in. The greatest decision man would have ever made is to make Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I'd like to present this gift to you right now. No matter where you're at, no matter what you got going on in your background, I have the most utmost respect for a dear friend and colleague of mine named Bishop Bob McLaughlin. It was he and his wife who were sitting in a hotel back then, I'm not sure if they were married or not, at the age of 25, and he watched a TV preacher. In fact, Bishop McLaughlin self-testifies that he and his wife were smoking reef, were smoking weed in a hotel, just having a good time, and they had the TV on and flipped through the channels and saw a preacher preaching salvation. Bishop McLaughlin had never set foot in the church a day in his life, didn't grow up in the church, wasn't reared in the ministry, in fact, knew nothing about church, but he heard the gospel that day gave his life to Jesus. His wife gave her life to Jesus. Now here they are some 25, 30, 40 years later leading one of the most phenomenal churches in Jacksonville, Florida, Potter's House. If God could take a crazy fellow like Bishop watching a TV screen in a hotel smoking weed, how much more can God use you? So with that being said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. As I want to pray with you today. While every head bowed, every eye closed, Pastor Stevens, I want to give my complete life to Jesus Christ. I want to give my heart to serving the Lord. I don't want to just kind of be in and out of the church. Yes, we'd love to see your water baptized right behind us. Yes, we'd love for you to become a member of the church. But the greatest decision is for you to say yes to Jesus. So with that being said, I want to pray with the heads of body and eyes are closed. Would you repeat this prayer after me? And saints and friends, if you've got a loving in your home and maybe you have a child or a nephew or a cousin or maybe an auntie or a sibling and they're ready to pray this prayer, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me and with them. Let them know that we're all here together as the child, as the body of Christ. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I do realize that I am a sinner and I want to be saved. I do believe in my heart and I confess today with my mouth that your son Jesus, he is king, king of kings and lord of lords. I believe in my heart that he lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. I received today that good news, the gospel. Would you forgive me for all of my sins? Forgive me for all of my wrongdoing. Wash me today. Cleanse me today by the blood of Jesus. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And today, I give my life completely to him. In fact, today, I receive the gift of salvation. I want you to come into my world, come into my life, come into my heart that I may be a child of God and that I may serve you. I thank you for saving me today. Thank you for a brand new life. It is in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.
and amen. I want to be the very person to congratulate you and celebrate you for the decision you just made. Two things I want you to do with that decision. I want you to tell somebody in that room, someone in that den, someone in that living room, someone in that kitchen what just happened to you. Tell somebody, I just gave my life to Jesus Christ. Go ahead, do that, really, for real. Tell somebody, you know, I just made Jesus my Lord and Savior. I got saved today on this March 28th, Sunday morning. I gave my life to the Lord. For those who will watch this broadcast on Monday evening or maybe throughout the week, I just gave my life to Jesus. Number two, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to reach out to the church because we want to reach out to you. And in this improvising season, the best way and the quickest way to do that is for you to email us your information. All we want is an email address, maybe a phone number. We can text you or we can email you. We care at citychurchhuntersville.com. We care, W-E, care, C-A-R-E, one word. We care at citychurchhuntersville, one word, dot com. If you'll email us in the next few hours, back do it as soon as you can if you'll email us we'll reach back to you we'll make sure we send you some literature we'll send you some paperwork we'll send you some 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 very encouraging uh scriptures on how to walk with the lord and how to how to serve the lord as a new born again christian and there are those who might be rededicating your life today to jesus i want to hear from you as well pastor i i, I heard the message and yeah i can take the lead in my home but more importantly i want to follow jesus I'd like for you to email me as well. We care. CityChurchHuntersville.com. Uh, uh, we want to reach back out to you and help you on your journey. We don't know everything here, but we want to help you. We will commit to helping you on your spiritual journey and walking with the Lord. That's very, very important. Pastor Stevens, I don't have a church home. And I know I can't physically come one down on these aisles and join the church family. But you know what? You can join online. Reach out to us. We'd love to extend to you the virtual right hand of fellowship. The virtual right hand of fellowship. We'll get you plugged into one of our new members' classes or one of our foundation's classes real soon, whether it's online or in person. And we'd love to have you as the newest members of the city church. We believe that God is doing something awesome in this. I'm not fretted. I'm really not scared or fretted about anything. Because I know who holds the keys in his hand to this entire system in this situation, and that's the Lord. The final thing I want to do today, I want to talk about giving this morning. I want to talk about giving this morning. The saints, you and I both know, that money always follows ministry. And though we may be able to save just a little bit here on utilities and payroll and all those different things, the work of ministry still has to go on. You still need somewhere where you can send your tithe to, somewhere where you can send your offering to. Maybe you heard the word today and you're challenged to do even better in your stewardship and in your giving. We have four ways, that's right, four ways to give today at the City Church. Number one, we've, we've comfortably and always have used Givelify. We like Givelify. It's very convenient. It's on your Android. It's on your iPhone. The information's on the screen. Would you honor God today with your tithe? And don't wait till tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till Wednesday, Thursday. Do it now. The church needs your stewardship commitment as we continue to navigate through these, what was already a tough time, but even the more. I'm walking and believing God for miracles in this season. Number two, you can use Cash App. You got a dollar sign, City Church Kojic. Information's on the screen. Dollar sign. City Church Kojic, one word, and you can easily cash out your tithe, your offering, your giving. Number three, go to the website, citychurchhuntersville.com, citychurchhuntersville.com. You can go there, and on our website, you can, once again, give freely to the Lord, to the local church. We got a new system called DDB. Say it with me, DDB. 
It's called Deacon Drive-By. <laughs> I know you like that. I knew you'd love that. It's called the Deacon Drive-By System. I ain't into all that high technology, giblifying cash app, and all of that website stuff. I'm old-fashioned giver. Well, good. We will send a deacon your way. He won't come in. He will be with his wife, but he won't come in. But he will drive by and pick up your offering envelope, pick up your giving, and bring it to the church. There's no excuse. There's no reason why you can't serve the Lord in your stewardship, your tithe, and your offering, and your giving in this season. This coming Thursday night, join me right here. Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live. Join me right here on the website, 7 o'clock. I want to talk to you about how to have church in your home how to lead a small group, how to lead a Bible study, how to lead a prayer meeting. We're going to help you out. We won't leave you abandoned. We'll make sure you have outlines and a script. We'll give you some pointers and a cheat sheet. You're going to love this experience. It's going to be so rewarding as the Lord gives you the strength. Well, our time is up. It's been a joy this past one hour. And I want to say to every one of you, thank you. As you see this YouTube or Facebook or this um, uh, recording Again, would you share it with somebody? All I'm asking you to do is share. You don't even have to comment. But I want you to share because it's, it's, it's times like these, God's word can go viral. We spoke today to the leadership within you. Every Christian, every man in God can be a leader in this hour and in this situation. But I think also there's an altar call that was very, very pointed and effective. That if you let your loved one or your close one or your co-worker, a friend or a neighbor, even across the country, hear this link, hear this broadcast, they may very well call you and say, hey, I heard what that preacher said, and I gave my life to Jesus. You, my friend, are the priest, the prophet, the preacher in this hour, in your home, that can see a whole lot of people come to know the Lord and to know his word. I'm Dr. Michael Anthony Stevens. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving. We look forward to talking to you on Thursday night, 7 p.m. The Lord bless you all. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the time you've given us today. Thank you for the leader in our home, our families, with our children, in our schools, in our community. May, like Moses, we hear from heaven through this burning bush season. May we take the lead and have courage to go forward, even beyond our past. And Father, thank you for giving us a grace, a conviction, a courage, but yet a commitment that we walk by faith. Friends, walk by faith. Watch to see what the Lord will do this week. Dr. Michael Anthony Stevens. God bless.